you're very welcome along. It is Saturday morning and it's the 8th of June and it's the sunniest morning we've had so far this year. And Porrick Horkin has the biggest smile on his face you could possibly imagine. Good morning. Good morning, dear. dear. Good morning, listeners. How well, are I'm you? Just thinking that this morning, gardeners and farmers, probably, you know them because they're going around with the biggest grin on their face. I mean, it's been beautiful, hasn't it? Oh, what a week. I mean, I think everybody has been going around, yeah. around with a big smile on their face. It just puts that, does the heart good and it Doesn't puts it? you into good mood, yeah. And, and I, yesterday evening when I finished work, I went for a spin up around uh, Clifton, uh, Roundstone, that kind of country. Oh, and it's absolutely beautiful. I and mean, we often say we're, we live in a beautiful part of, of the world, but when you get the sun... There's no place oh, better. It's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. The rhododendrons are in full bloom. Uh, plants like the laburnum are flowering their heads off. Yeah, everywhere. I think this week, just all of a sudden, and I see them everywhere, the laburnums yeah. are in just this incredible colour out of them. Yeah, there's a huge amount of flower colour. And we were saying this a couple of months back, or weeks back, that uh, certainly the amount of flower buds that are on plants. I was looking at CNO uh, skipping along the road we're like watching these plants in gardens you see and also the beautiful Californian lilac and lilacs the syringa the ordinary lilac is actually flowering really really well uh, sycamores have you smelt this sycamore? I have to be honest I've had a week where it's been largely in, I've been indoors oh looking out at it I know um, so uh, not as much we'll out and about but today I, I plan as soon as we as soon as the ten bells ma- uh, rings here <laughs> we'll be out and about absolutely yeah. Yeah. well everything is flowering really well sycamore of course that the smell of honey and, and bees love the, the sycamore flowers but there's a huge crop of flowers on them and whitethorn of course has come into full flower uh, as you know so the plants are just bursting forward and growth is very very strong as well like you know just looking at the amount of growth and trees and uh, just plants in general so it's as if it they were just just backing it all up and that with the weather that has come now and yeah. the moisture levels you see are so high in the soil that the plants it, it, you, you couldn't get for better growth the, the recipe is absolutely fantastic so I think the colour you plants like lupins are coming into bloom now you know all of those early summer flowering plants you're going to see tremendous amount of colour on plants in okay. general and I can, so it's I, been a great I, week I, I think people are picking up on that as well because I noticed some questions were coming in earlier and I know we're coming to those now in a little while but I just want to talk to you first of all I mean last week when you were in the studio we were in the middle of bloom and we sure were. Uh, what was looking to be um, just a record breaking event and, and it, it really did in the oh, end oh it was incredible I mean the I was here on the Saturday Saturday was a very busy day after I went back up Sunday they had over 30,000 people attend uh, and Monday was exactly the same so the broke all records it was the highest attending bloom festival but we had five days of oh, incredible weather, weather yeah. incredible gardens and you know everybody was in great form and it really was it was a fantastic festival but the good news is, you know, we were part of the, the garden, the Love Letters to the West. Indeed. Horkin supplied all the plants. And actually, Sunday evening, or no, Monday evening, we packed up all the plants and brought them, took the garden apart and, and brought them back to Castlebar to Turlock. So we're actually selling those plants off uh, at cost price for people. So we've, if you want a, a little bit of bloom in your own garden, and particularly for listeners that were up for the weekend and, and yeah. looking at the plants because in particular they loved things like Iris Black Night we had a beautiful dark uh, black iris on the stand it grew about maybe uh, in the garden it grew about maybe two feet in height mm-hmm. really rich dark flowers another one called Ego which is a really sky blue flower that sounds uh, gorgeous which is nice sounds, as well it sounds like it's going to be very flamboyant uh, well it is it is and <laughs> with it a actually, name like Ego <laughs> and it actually flowered all, right through bloom it, it, it was in bud uh, on the Wednesday night we were worried it wouldn't come into flower but I, hey presto it came back okay. into it it really <laughs> it stood up to its name <laughs> Good. it was very proud through bloom lupins of course um, verbenas there was a 
lot of it. The sweet rocket, which I see flowering everywhere actually, which is lovely to see out again. We had some of those on the on the garden as well and some of the grasses. So we've brought I don't know how many hundred plants are in it, but we brought them all back to our Turlock Centre and over this weekend, today and tomorrow, we're just going to be selling those off at cost just to, to move them on. So if people, particularly listeners that were up over the weekend, mm. and there were hundreds of them, I mean, it Absolutely, was great to yes, see them coming onto the stand. It was, and I mean, even as was on the programme last week, people had been uh, engaging with us through this particular medium, inquiring about, uh, I know, some of the plants that had featured in that garden. Yeah, so exactly, that's true. Yeah, now so you have no excuse. You have an opportunity. So yeah. pop down to Turlock uh, today or tomorrow ask the guys for the bloom bench so there's a special bench of plants and uh, we're just I'm looking just to to uh, you know I suppose yeah. sell them off at cost now and, and for people to get a bit, a bit of, of bloom the, back in their garden the, yeah absolutely yeah. And, to, and to have that little bit of love letter yeah, to, to the, the west, west and their exactly. own gardens and it was a great garden because everything was sourced uh, Leone Cornelius that designed the garden she herself is from Sligo Leitrim the chaps that put the garden together were from from that part of the, of the country as well from the west we of course supplied the plants in the west all the materials apart from the water in the pond <laughs> everything else was supplied was from the west from of the Ireland west. which was great so um, so yeah anybody that was up over the weekend if they want to a little bit of bloom in the garden pop down today the bloom plants are back in Turlock as we speak sounds like a lovely opportunity yeah. now we have had the most extraordinary week we can all see all the growth that's going yeah. on in the garden good and bad yeah just a couple of key things maybe before we go to questions as to what we can do uh, at the moment or okay. what should we be doing well, perhaps? Well, the sort of things that I'd be focusing on, weed growth of course is, is really to the fore. I mean mm. everything is gr- blooming and everything is growing really well and so are the weeds. So do get on top of those. Um, I've been out actually my, in my own garden doing a bit of hoeing this week and it's amazing how in your vegetable garden in your shrub beds how quickly particularly with the sun that you're getting this is the perfect hoeing weather it's the old traditional method of keeping on top of the ho- of the weeds and I'd advise you to get a, a super little tool called the speed hoe which I use myself it's oh, a stainless right. steel long handled particularly if you don't want to be your bending back, yeah. yeah and it's some long. people do have back issues and it it kind of uh, takes from the pleasure of gardening it does yeah. well this is a super little device it actually cuts the weed uh, as you go, as you move it forward and backward, so you you just move it by hand. It's long handles, so you're not bending, and it's a fantastic little a small short blade in it, but gets in and out between your lettuce plants, your onion plants, your peas, whatever, and you'll scuffle up the weeds. And particularly in this drying weather, if you scuffle the weeds this morning by eleven or twelve o'clock today, they're dead, they're gone. So my advice is to get out there, get on tr- control of the weeds. So one of the best ways to do it is is by physical hoeing and using something like the speed hoe. You'll find it very effective and very easy to. To do and right through your shrub borders and your beds. So keep control of the weeds. Weeds in general on patios, driveways, yeah, you know, control those as well. You can use um, the Weed Free 360 that will control them without doing any damage to um, to soil mm-hmm. or to, uh, and, and make sure you keep it off the, the surrounding plants. Um, so the, the first thing really is is weed and we're seeing, I suppose, a lot of the mare's tail coming, those traditional weeds that we always get questions at, the dandelion daisies, the, the, the mare's tail and so on. So get on top of those before they go to seed because you're going to leave yourself a bigger problem in two or three weeks time yes. and a lot of seeds are actually or a lot of weeds are going to seed so variety, the dandelion as you know has gone to seed already yeah. clickweed is going to seed at the moment so get on top of those before because you're only creating a problem for yourself uh, in a couple okay. of weeks' time yeah. with the new generation okay. of weeds. Uh, one thing I have noticed as well, and I don't know, is this weather indicative of if, or if there's a wider um, a wider reason for it, but there seems to be an extraordinary amount of buttercups in yeah. fields at the moment. Yeah, aren't they lovely? 
that well, they are beautiful. I guess I hope the farmers like them too. I'm not too sure if you if that's if it's a good or a bad thing yeah. if you, if you are a growing meadow. But they are, it's they are. for some and reason they really uh, seem to be kind of far more prevalent than well, the no, reason, normal. Is. The reason for that is they're in the ranunculus family. They're in the. Um, the buttercups are part of the ranunculus family and everything in that family really loves moisture. So if you think about it, this time last year, the rain started. It didn't stop until two weeks or three weeks ago. So the buttercups have actually done superb. We, ha- we had the perfect conditions for the germination of, of buttercup seed and the growing conditions. So all last year, the buttercup was growing strongly right through the autumn, the summer autumn period and the spring was perfect for it as well. So plants moisture, look at the rushes. There are rushes where where there were never rushes, including bloom (laughs) (laughs) last week. So the rushes are are taking advantage. So any of the moisture, like I was looking again uh, when I was travelling on the bike, the uh, gunra manicata, the wild rhubarb, people would be pulling their hair out with that particular weed. But it's about three or four feet high at the moment because it loves moisture. It loves the sort of heat that we're getting at the moment. So, you know, plants, moisture loving plants are doing exceptionally well. Willow is, you know, flowered extremely well this spring. It's growing very strongly at the moment. So any plants that favour moisture, including weeds, believe it or not, have had an exceptional year. So yeah, buttercups are a weed of the lawn at the moment. If you're worried about them, something like dicoflower will get rid of it. And again, dry calm conditions like we're getting today is ideal for treating your lawn with for weeds in general. Now dicoflower will not just kill uh, buttercups, it'll kill dandelions and daisies and, and so on. So Ideally, if you're treating your lawn for weeds, don't cut it for a, a couple of days. Allow the weeds to come forward. If anything, as I always say, feed the lawn first. So put on a straight feed like Parkway uh, lawn fertilizer. Put that on now. Leave it for a week or so. Let the, the uh, ranunculus and the buttercups and the dandelion daisies um, absorb that fertilizer and start to grow on. Hit them then with the dicoflower and uh, within a couple of days they'll die away. Okay. It'll work very rapidly now because the plants are, are growing, growing so strongly. Yeah. So weed control in general, Deirdre, is, is um, I know the mare's tail, again, that has popped up. Again, a moisture-loving plant. It's a plant that actually will grow with its feet in water, grows in ponds, in, in wetland areas. Yeah, so it doesn't even need soil per se or it very much of it, it anyway. It doesn't. And, and it's really to the fore. It's about a foot high at the moment. So if you've got that, use the, the Neerdorf um, which again is specifically for mare's tail and tougher weeds like Japanese knotweed, rushes. So that's near Dorf, which is quite effective. So with the warm, dry weather, calm weather, the application of weed killers in general will be very effective at this time of year. But don't forget, as I said at the start of the programme, one of the easiest ways, and within an hour, going around with your oh. speed hoe, you, you eliminate an awful lot of weeds, particularly around your fruiting and vegetable crop areas, you know, where you don't want to be using herbicides. The, so lawn care in general, it's also a great time to put in new lawns. So the soil condition, if you're thinking of kind of planting or, or you know, if we'd be planting new hedges or trees or shrubs, actually the soil conditions are really good because it's really moist. Uh, so it's perfect planting conditions, but also for sowing new lawns. It can be difficult to get a, a couple of dry days together. So this sort of weather in terms of eliminating weeds, if you're thinking of putting in, say, a new lawn area, my advice is to get the soil conditions done now. You can do the seeding in a couple of weeks' time, and all the better if it's raining when you're doing the seeding. But the soil preparation is very important that you have dry weather that we get like we have at the moment. So I would advise people if they're thinking about repairing the lawn or just putting in a new lawn, use the dry weather conditions at the moment just to prepare the soil and get it done. And the last thing really I would be doing is feeding plants because plants are actively growing. Um, 
So I would be putting on, if you've got laurels, if you've got whatever, you've got trees, you've got roses, and they're actively growing at the moment. So feed them now because you'll encourage that lovely lush green colour in the plants. And particularly with the likes of roses, you'll help them to come into flower that tad earlier. So again, something like um, the Sudden Impact or the Pro 6 Tree and Shrub Feed, get that on over the weekend. The dew at night is enough to wash it in. And um, I think the weather is to, to, to break slightly uh, early On next Tuesday, week. Tuesday, I think. Uh, right. Well, just not obviously this intense sunshine that we've yeah. had over the last week or so. So if you're getting a shower or two mm. during the week, if you apply fertilisers over this weekend, they'll be well washed in by midweek and with the heat, the plants will use them straight away. So good time for feeding. It's also actually a great time of year uh, and we often forget, we associate the, um, the sowing of plants with springtime you know, with the sowing of bedding plants and vegetable plants. But actually, with the sort of temperatures we have at the moment, seed of all types will germinate in, in days rather than weeks. So if for so I'm thinking of plants like, what would I be sowing at this time of year? Mm. I would be sowing all the spring flowering plants. So forget-me-nots, double daisies, wallflowers, anything in the wallflower family. Um, I would also be sowing... Um, lupin seed anything that flowers at this time of year you sow it from seed because the plants themselves are flowering to produce seed which they'll cast in the next couple of weeks Mm -hmm. so think about plants that you're admiring in the garden at the moment so things like lupins delphiniums uh, foxgloves you sow the seed of those plants in June and July and the sort of temperatures we're getting at the moment they'll germinate within days if you sow them out in seed trays or out directly in the the soil. The other thing to be doing is to sow your second uh, crop of vegetable plants. So if you've got your lettuce, I was looking at lettuce myself this morning, it's ready for cutting. Right. So now is the time to actually sow or I should have done it two weeks ago, <laughs> to be honest. But now is the time. Well, with, you were busy. <laughs> with, with these temperatures, if you sow another generation of cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, lettuce, onion seed, carrot seed, it's perfect conditions at the moment for sowing carrot seed, parsnips, they'll germinate within a week. And uh, so it's a great time yeah. to germinate seed because you've got the perfect, all you've got to do is put the seed in the ground. Right. Nature will, you know, give it a good watering. Yeah. And the temperatures that we've got there will we'll do just, it for you. Yeah. Whereas in the springtime, you were always trying to coax them along. Yes, we have them inside your little window. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the sowing of seed, the sowing of vegetable herbs and and uh, flowers in particular, uh, particularly thinking of next year, next spring and summer, a packet of seed will cost you a couple of euro and you'll get hundreds of seeds in a pack. So it's a great, cheap and very effective way of getting a lot of plants back in your garden. Okay, and I have to say, I, I had the, the privilege of having some um, salad leaves from a neighbour's garden during the week. And oh my God, there's nothing like it. There isn't. No, I mean, sorry. There, and I know no, no harm to any of the supermarkets, yeah. but it was... Delicious. They were absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, and so nothing well like going out them. and cutting your own. You know what has gone on, mm. the, you know, because how do the supermarkets get these perfect lettuce yeah. plants and cabbage plants? What's, what do they mean treated with to get them absolutely pristine? You know, the odd hole here yeah, and there is no arm, all yeah. the better. And so, I, know, yeah. I, I know we have to have mass pr- production yeah, uh, but so there's we nothing can feed everybody, but uh, there is nothing like having a little bit of something in your own and, garden. And you'll be amazed how, how many plants you'll grow in the smallest of space, in, you know, even in a box. In a, yeah how many lettuce plants and, and salad plants you'll actually grow. And particularly the, the cut and come, uh, those salad leaves that you actually, you, you just go out with the shears or with the scissors, cut them and they regrow again. Yeah. So, and same with if you have lettuce in the garden, rather than maybe cutting the lettuce, if you peel off the leaves, so don't cut it, right. but actually peel off the outer leaves. So take about 50% of the so leaves. So take the bit you want really, is Exactly, it? Yeah. and the plant will regrow, regrow again. Okay. So there's no need to cut, cut the, the head lot. of lettuce. You can actually just 
Um, remove the amount you want them. and not have, to have it sitting in the fridge and then yeah, not rem- using it. Or remember my tip before, if you've got different seedlings, say two different types of lettuce, mm. put the two seedlings down into the plant, one planting hole and let them grow as one. So it's it's cutting out that waste that a lot of people do have. You cut a head of lettuce, you use it half and you dump the rest. So it, it cuts back on all of that. Okay. Anyway. Right, well, we'll take a little break. Okay. I, I know a lot, see a lot of questions coming in. So uh, I'm sure people will be touching on some of those things that we've just spoken of. And I think there are some others as well. So back in a moment. Right, great variety of questions in. We're going to start with the one that came in earliest this morning, Paul Rick. Okay. Uh, at 7am. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning to that listener. They have ivy growing on their shed wall and it's green and they'd like to add some flowering climbers through it for colour. Now, we did touch on this last week. They missed the names. Could we repeat them, please? Okay, well, it's it's actually a great idea um, to push flowering cl- climbers up through ivy because ivy gives them the support like a trellis work. Um, so if you've... So any of the, any of the climbers, any of the flowering climbers like clematis in particular and they'll be coming into flower the montanas are still in bloom at the moment but that might be a bit vigorous for ivy so go for the summer varieties there's one called bees jubilee which is a lovely two-tone variety hagley hybrid is lovely pink the president uh, nice blue um so there's a lovely one called rebecca as well which is um it's it's a wine colored uh, clematis really nice variety and very early flowering it's in flower at the moment will flower for the rest of the summer so look for that rebecca the president Hagley Hybrid there's lots of really good varieties and clematis are great because they're very vigorous they'll scramble up through that ivy they'll use the ivy for support and then the flowers will pop out through the ivy leaves uh, the other plant I think I mentioned last week was Solanum Glasnevin or there's another lovely white variety called which will contrast very nicely with the green ivy is one called Jasminoides uh, Solanum Jasminoides jasmine like flowers okay. so it's got a lovely white very uh, bright white flower daz whiteness flower uh, <laughs> that would contrast very nicely with the green of the ivy and uh, now the one thing I would say is make sure you prepare the soil well right. because the ivy itself will have robbed a lot of the nutrition and soil that's there and, and clematis are quite hungry plants so do spend a bit of time preparing the soil well so by that I mean digging a whole 18 inches square put in plenty of organic matter or compost added to the to the planting hole and plant your clematis about four inches three to four inches deeper than the pot they're in so bury about three inches of the stem because clematis likes to have cool roots and if if they die back they've got the ability to reshoot from from ground again so they're one of the few plants that we always recommend to plant a little bit deeper than you buy them in the pots okay uh, keep it well watered and i would say to people that if you've planted plants in general over the last week to 10 days i know i've said there's plenty of moisture mm. in the soil but do keep them watered as well for the new sun, for the new ones that for have the gone new in ones, yeah if you put in new shrubs or new trees go down this evening and put a couple of buckets of water on them because plants are drying out very quickly as well particularly newly planted plants so there are a few um look at there's lots of them in, in your local garden center pop in it's a great time to pick clematis because you can see them in flower, mm-hmm. but uh, more importantly, a really good time of year to plant them. Lovely. The early spring flowering shrubs have just gone out of flower and this listener is waiting for roses and hydrangeas to come into flower okay. in July. So they're wondering, is there anything they can plant now to add some colour to flower every year if well, possible? The, the, the beekeepers call that the, the June gap. There's normally, in oh. a normal year, in a normal year, there's a gap in the middle of June when all the spring flowering plants, the white thorn is normally gone. Yeah. <laughs> the sycamore when is normally it's only gone. coming in at yeah. the moment, but anyway. So, there's, there is always this gap in gardens unless you, you've got a garden with a lot of rhododendrons or 
azaleas uh, in many gardens all the, the spring the early flowering plants go and then you're waiting for I suppose the, the roses and, and the plants of summer to come into bloom um, but think about plants that are flowering at the moment so I, I mentioned a couple from my trip last night the sea and otis the California lilac is, is lovely at the moment brooms um, anything in the broom family generally fill that gap in kind of uh, late spring early summer they're actually lovely at the moment um, Wigilia Philadelphus um, Dutzia are three excellent plants loved by bees but also loved by gardeners because they f- just flower and flower they're absolutely super I'd also be putting in things like lupins because they're lovely at the moment peony roses they're very mm-hmm. decorative at the moment Beautiful, give yeah. a great show yeah, colour and always, always flower late May June sort of period um, so really look at this lots that can be planted um, again I suppose my advice is go to your local garden centre they'll have plants with a bit of colour on them at this time of year and you'll be able to pick things that you particularly like but there's lots available at the moment for planting and great conditions for planting now a listener would like to know what is the name of that beautiful tree with the yellow hanging flowers they're just beautiful any tips on growing it and when well, to plant well I can take a break now you, you can answer this <laughs> no one, I, can, I can tell you it's called it's <laughs> I do believe yeah, I, and that's about all I know <laughs> well it's a very easy plant to grow it, and if anything it actually favours um, slightly poorer soils than uh, very heavy rich soils it's in the pea family so it fixes its own nitrogen um, and what can I say about it I mean it'll grow in limey soil or acid soil uh, it's easy to grow it makes a small tree it, you know it's, it's ideal, say, in a uh, small to medium sized tree. Eventually, it'll grow to about 15 feet with a head spa- space of about 8 or 9 feet. Um, the best variety to look for is one called Viburnum vossii. And the reason I would recommend that is that it doesn't produce seed and it has longer blooms. So right. the flowers on vossii are generally over a foot in length. And the reason it, it doesn't, that you don't want to producing seed, is what? So that it's not growing everywhere. It's poisonous. Oh! Laburnums are poisonous. No, I told you, I didn't know one thing about <laughs> so them, you don't want, they were you, yellow. <laughs> you don't want the seed, and often you'll see the wild one growing in hedgerows with shorter flowers, maybe six-inch flowers, lots of small. I see some actually here on the way into Ballyhonas. Mm. There's, there's quite a number of trees growing that are obviously self-seeded at some stage. The seed on those are poisonous, so around children, it's one to watch. So if you want it in your garden, make sure you plant the variety Laburnum, Vossiae. Yeah, that's the one too. Or if you're worried, just when the flowers fade, just trim them off the tree. Okay, and do the, they are. There's a spectacular show of colour from them, admittedly, at the moment. Um, do do the, do the blooms last long? The flowers. No, well, the the last. You see the heat. It's, it's like anything, it's, you know, flowers in this sort of heat mm. aren't just going to last the length that yes. they would, if the, if the weather was wet and cool, <laughs> which it was all spring, yeah. and that's what I was saying, so many spring plants flowered for so long this year because it was like keeping them in the fridge. Right. But this sort of intense heat, uh, plants like laburnums, you're only going to get a couple of weeks from. So they're a great splash of colour. Uh, but, you know, they, they'll be gone by certainly the end of June. Okay, they really kind of herald the summer. All they right. do, they bring yeah. in the summer. And they are spectacular yeah. and they're so easy to grow. I mean, once you plant it and stay well, there isn't a bother with them. Well, a lot of positives there, but just yeah. to be aware of the different yeah, varieties. there are. And, and the Vossia is the one I would recommend okay. to, to plant if you're planting one. Now, a listener would like to know, what do uh, they plant sweet, or when do they plant sweet William seed? They love the smell and colour of this great old flower. It brings back childhood memories. Oh, yeah, and as it would, it's a, it's a lovely plant yeah. <coughs> highly scented it's actually related to carnations and it has a, a similar type of scent it's in the dianthus family it's like the, what i said about the wallflowers anything that's flowering now at this time of year you sow from seed 
at this time of year. So um, sweet williams are biennials, which means you sow them now. Mm-hmm. They, they grow during the summer period and then they come into flower the following spring. So things like wallflowers, sweet williams, forget-me-nots, double daisies, polyanthus and primulas, lupins, delphiniums, they, you sow those from seed at this time of year. And if you put sweet william seed on the soil now, they'll be up in a week. They'll germinate in really? a week to 10 so days. You'll, yeah. have you'll have plants, they'll grow then over the summer as nice green bushy plants and going into the winter there'll be strong really strong plants to flower then the following April, May, June sort of period. Right and they're okay to leave in the ground Absolutely. and everything over the totally winter time. Totally frost hardy, totally frost hardy. Same with wallflowers, same with uh, forget-me-nots, sweet williams, all of those they're totally frost hardy. It's, it's, it's kind of a thing that our, our grandmothers used to do mm. very well and that we've we've been probably spoiled. We've spoiled the this generation by just putting everything into trays yeah. and making it so easy. And people have forgotten that you actually can sow a huge amount of plants from seed. I mean, where did they come from in the first That's instance? It. And they, yeah, and I suppose people. And the temperatures are just so right at the moment, so perfect. So get busy. Yeah. Now, a couple of beach questions, Porek. Yeah. Um, first of all, a listener has planted a copper beach and it's all doing well, but they'd like to add more to extend the hedge. So okay. they're wondering, is it possible to get three foot high beach now? And can you plant it now? Oh, you can, absolutely. They are available potted. Uh, you can either buy them in individual pots or you can buy them in troughs that have been grown on nurseries, uh, you know, tr- maybe a metre long trough. Oh, right. So you can, and they're three feet high or four feet high, whatever. Um, so they're available in garden centres at the moment in both the copper the lovely dark purple beach or the green beach whichever variety the listener has um, good time to plant as long as you water as long as you water the plants so the soils, soil conditions are still ideal for putting in potted plants so yeah no, good time to do it and, and it's, it's actually <clears throat> it's a good time because particularly copper beach varies because it's sown from seed we're going back to the seed again right. or in generally it's grown from seed you can get variation in the colour what colour is purple is it really dark purple or is, is it, it lighter purple? purple? Right. So what I would do with the hedge is actually take a leaf with you, a piece of the stem of your existing hedge, bring it into your garden centre and match up. Good idea. Right. Because there will there'll be a variation in colour and you want the hedge looking it's the same. same. Yeah. Pretty uniform. Yeah. Um, also on the beach <clears> front, a beach hedge 15 years old, super colour at the moment, but the listener sees white flies on the underleaves and sticky to the touch. Should they spray it with something? Yeah. And this it's the other, I suppose, aspect of this heat. Uh, the amount of green fly around, the okay. amount of white fly around, uh, you know, the bugs, like everything else, have just waited for this moment. So there's actually a lot of um, insect activity on plants. So check your roses, check your fruit bushes, your your blackcurrants, your gooseberries, your apple trees, uh, anything that's susceptible to green fly. And beech in particular gets beech fly. Lupins, I should mention is one that also attracts um, a particular type of, of green fly, a very large green fly. So keep an eye on those plants because this sort of weather, green fly are knocking about. Don't spray if you don't see anything. But And you'll know, you'll know, the listener described it well, it'll be sticky to the touch. So, you know, just by touching the plant, it'll actually, you'll, 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 you'll see the flies and, and you'll, um, you'll know they're there mm. by just the, the physical uh, stickiness. So yes, my advice is to treat it because beech is slow growing and left untreated, the, what the, the aphids are doing is sucking the protein out. out of the out of the plant, so they're robbing the plant, and you'll particularly get them on the young shoots at the very tops of the. So it stunts the growth of beech, which is not what you want. No. So use uh, one of the organic sprays. Uh, quite a safe one to use would be one called Py insecticide. So it's P Y insecticide. Use that um, in evening time is ideal. Try to get on on the undersides and the top of the leaf, and that'll kill that off. Is- the, and do it now because they're breeding 
aphids are breeding, they can actually bear live young. Right. So they're actually producing the next, every couple of days. The next generation. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, you look at it today and there's a few on it. Go and back a week later, it's, it's covered. Right. So nipping it in the bud now in the evening time, using a safe treatment like the pie insecticide, you know, you, you're just, you're knocking it on its head before it becomes a problem. And those, those aphids are actually there since last year. So those eggs have so been on been, the... Okay, so they've just been there they're in just dormant. They're just dormant, waiting for this heat, like the seeds, the weed seeds, mm. and as soon as you get the heat, bang, they hit. And you'll see it in the evening time, the amount of, of insects, activity, just yeah. acti- insects out at the moment. Yeah, I, I actually did notice it during the, during the week, yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. coming down Look towards your car. windscreen. The eight, well, indeed, <laughs> yeah. yes, I had to put a bit of water on it this morning. Um, now, uh, here's an interesting one, chilli plants. Mm. Uh, not something I would have thought was all that common in this country, mm, but I would. I am always surprised. <laughs> um, this listener has two chilli plants, Parag. One is naturally bushy, the other will be tall, is th- tall and thin. Now, they're wondering, can they pinch out the growing tips of the tall, thin one to give it bushiness as they do with flowers or with that stunted's growth. At the moment, it's about 16 to 17 centimetres. Yeah. Is the answer. Yeah. Yes. So first of all... Simplest <laughs> answer of the morning. <laughs> the uh, the chillies, first of all, there's nothing like growing your own chillies. They are hot, I, I think hot, I'd hot, have to hot. try, oh, have yeah. to try they're, that. They're, they're very simple to grow. If you've right. got, you got a warm windowsill in the house, yeah. you can grow a chilli plant. Right, and they produce quite. They're first of all a very decorative plant because they go white flowers. The chilies then grow grow green, and then they change to a lovely scarlet and orange. And as as you know, the more redder they are, the hotter they are. And if you leave the seeds in chili, Inside, of course, yeah. yeah, they're going to be really hot. But it's lovely to pick your own chili. That sounds really right? interesting. Yeah. But it, so it's a very decorative plant. If you never even ate anything yeah, off the right. plant, uh, it it does. They're better grown indoors, greenhouse tunnel warm windowsill. In height, they'll grow to about 18 inches to two foot maximum. So they'll make kind of a small bushy sort of plant. Um, and the listener is dead right. This one, one has obviously gone leggy. So if you take this central shoot out now, it'll produce a lot of side shoots and the side shoots will bear flowers and the fruit. So I would do that today. And once you see the young chilies beginning to form when they're about half an inch maybe an inch yes. in, in length that's the time to start feeding them with a tomato feed and you should have chilies from about August onwards right up to Christmas Okay Can you sow right. the seeds today? No it's too late too for seeds Too late seed. this year Well yeah it is really you want to be sowing the seed of chilies in January February right. The listener obviously is, I know you'll be able to buy plants go yeah, to okay. your garden centres but you buy they'll be in wherever they keep the tomatoes they generally have the, the chilies as well and they're actually easier than peppers to grow so well worth well worth growing hmm. Well, we're growing. Might have a shot so myself. Um, okay, we're going to take another quick break. It's coming up in 22 minutes to 10. Still lots to come. Stay with us. Very welcome back. Okay, Porik, uh, let's backtrack here now. So we've talked about uh, the chilies. Let's move yeah. on to plums. A listener has plum trees. They're about four years old. Uh, there's lots of leaves. This person lives in Westport, but there's no plums on the plum okay, tree. Okay, not, not surprising this year. Well, first of all, a four-year-old tree. Plums generally are slow to fruit. I think we had this something similar a couple mm. of weeks back. I was saying about the Victoria plum in particular. They, they tend to be shy to, to uh, fruit for the first number of years, often up to five or seven years so that's not uncommon and um, what you can do as long as the plant is growing well nice and healthy and uh, that that's that's what you want to be seeing the spring was just a disaster for plums in general unless you had a very very sheltered garden they flowered well but the bees weren't out to pollinate them and same with pear trees this year they're very poor in terms of, of their um, return 
what I would do at this time of year is feed it with potash. So a high potash feed, a rose fertilizer, or buy some sulfur potash on its own. Give it an application now, uh, repeat it in August. And then, and what that does is slow down the growth and vigor of the plum and helps to induce it to flower. Now, it's not a guarantee to success that it's going to flower and fruit next year, mm-hmm. but you're doing the right thing in just slowing the plant down and helping it to settle in and, and uh, produce flower buds for the following season. So there's nothing wrong. The tree is only four years old. As long as it's healthy, clean, pest free, that's what you want to see. Feed it with a high potash feed, as I say, a rose feed or suffered a potash on its own. And it's just a matter of waiting a little bit of patience. We're not all that patient, Vorik. You, know? you, you often find where the soil is, is, is good and rich and, you know, uh, plants tend to do a lot of growing for the first number of years. They really take advantage of that soil to put on bulk. bulk right, and then they start yeah. to fruit. Whereas if the, the ground is starved and sandy and, you know, lack of nutrition, the tree becomes stunted. But funny enough, it comes into flower and sets fruit Quicker. because it's trying to reproduce itself. And so it's triggered into okay. doing that. And the potash has that sort of effect. It, it slows everything down. And that's what it's actually effectively doing. You're, you're kind of giving the tree a little bit of a shock and it's saying, yeah, maybe it's time to start it's flowering, flowering now. now yeah. So yeah. you're tricking it. Growing. Yeah, you're tricking it into thinking it's time to start settling down and, and flowering and fruiting. So I would do that and I would you continue with the... I wouldn't give it any other form of fertilizer. You don't want to be putting on any kind of high nitrogen feeds because that's only... Compi- that's your only the plant is just going to be putting on bulk uh, so potash now again next spring early summer of next year do it again repeat it for the next two years three years and it will come into fruit lovely now a listener has a peony rose seems yeah. to be gone very heavy um, they're wondering when and how can they separate and transplant mm. some of it well, they're, they're lovely at the moment, peony rose, yeah, and they're, they're coming really into flower. flower. Mm. So my advice really is leave it alone, sit back and enjoy it. Um, they don't like disturbance, to be honest. Now, that's not to say that you cannot divide them, and you can, but the time to do that is October, November, when the plant is completely dormant. Um, try and lift the plant totally, lift it out of the ground, and split it in the middle of November with a sharp spade into two or three pieces. Now, that will set it back, and it may not flower for a year or two after dividing. So they, they don't particularly like splitting. So, it's, you know, it's not one of those plants that you can just uh, slice it all up and it'll... You right, know. could be now, okay. It will come back into growth, but mm. you might it might skip a year or two of flowering. So right. my advice really is leave it alone, enjoy it at the moment, keep it well watered, give it an occasional feed, and then as it goes dormant in November, October, November, dig it up at that stage, split it, and replant it somewhere else, and it will come back into flower. But it might take it might a year take or a year or two. You might be lucky; it yeah. might come just straight into bloom again. But they do; they often take a number of years. Right. Well, not 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 to freak out, as the fellow says. Uh, particularly, yeah. peony roses can be there for a long time. I think, oh, can't they? So, if you've had one for a long time and then you do decide to do the splitting, exactly. uh, just be prepared that it may not you may, be, you may not have a big load of colour at the following year. Exactly. And and listeners that have bought peony roses in the last two years and planted them, they often will do lots of growing. And, and, you know, without flowering. So that, again, they're bulking up a bit like the plum tree, right. putting on a lot of new growth, and then they settle down to fl- okay, for flowering. Getting, getting and the potash ready. is actually very good as well to help them, to, to induce them. Yeah. Okay, the same listener actually also has a difficulty with poplar trees. Okay. Um, it seems to be dying off. The leaves, they tell us, never went to their full, beautiful colour this year. So they're just wondering, is there anything they can do with it? Well, it's, er- it's early, yeah. They're, they're right. describing the variegated poplar, mm. um, which, you know, came into leaf, and we, we hadn't the best of weather when it was 
it was coming into leaf. So really, I would just leave it alone. The colour normally doesn't really come into uh, the variegated poplar until midsummer, you know, mid-June in a typical year. And we're behind this year. So leave it alone for another couple of weeks. See how it performs. If the leaves look raggedy and disease-like, it may have some canker, which poplar does suffer from on the stem. You can get poplar canker, uh, which is a disease of the stems of poplars. Mm. And if it's bad, you're better removing the tree because the mm. tree never really comes back from it. So I would just give it an, uh, uh, um, an opportunity, give it another three or four weeks, see by kind of July how it's doing, if the colour has come into it. If it's still look, looking sickly, then I would guess you've got poplar canker in the tree and I would look to remove it. Okay. Uh, a listener would like to know how to protect lupins from snails. They're full of flowers and they're doing so well, <clears> but the listener sees some silver slime off the le- on well, the leaves. Of course, the, the slugs are going to be knocking about and they love, they absolutely adore lupins. Do they? Uh, yeah, so... Um, probably the, the easiest way to treat them is to use the slug clear, the liquid material, which is very effective on slugs. Slugs are nocturnal, they won't be out till evening time. So if you get a small bit of slug clear, mix it up with a bit of washing can and apply it onto the foliage of the lupins, then that'll eradicate any 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 problems. Now, it, it should only be used, that slug clear should only be used on non-edibles. So it's fine on bedding plants and flowers and stuff like that, but not to be used on your vegetables, vegetables. or herbs or anything you want to protect. Lovely. Uh, a listener would like... The other thing I would say Sorry. just with the lupins is do keep an eye out for the green fly as well. They're probably a bigger Bigger threat. pest. Yeah. Right. And they're they're very noticeable. They're quite large. Uh, so just That's keep an eye out for That's what you mentioned. And they're particular. There's a particular green fly there that, is. that uh, there, is attracted to lupins. Yeah, there is indeed. I want... A listener would like to plant apple trees and was wondering what would be the best varieties of eating and cooking apples to plant and when is the best time of year? Okay, well, you can plant them at this time of year. The main thing with apples is remember that you, you they need to cross-pollinate one another. So if you're putting them in, put a minimum of three trees in. Often five or seven is better, but a minimum of three. And um, You can mix them between cookers and eaters, but if you're introducing a Bramley seedling apple, it is a triploid, which means it doesn't pollinate other trees. So you need at least a minimum of three trees and possibly four if you're using the that Bramley cooking apple and really it's it's on preference um you know there's some great varieties like L star Katie I love the one um myself called Egmont Russet it's a russet type apple it's got the skin is like sandpaper but it's a beautiful nutty real old variety so look at go to your local garden center look for the coronet range of trees they're the dwarf apple trees that were bred in Kilkenny uh, by Dr. Pat Fitzgerald, a, a, a doctor, a guy that has a doctorate in apples. Oh, a doctorate in apples. In apples. So How interesting. So uh, but it's true. <laughs> um, so he, he has grown a, an Irish collection called the Coronet, which are, there's about 15 or 16 different varieties. And I suppose his, his skill really is in, in growing varieties that only grow to about six or seven feet, but right. produce full size apples. They need little or no pruning. Wow. And, and he has selected varieties uh, that are bred for flavour and taste. So look for the coronet. There, that would be my advice. The research has been done into them. Yeah, yeah. I have them in the garden myself, and they are excellent. They really do produce okay. a great crop of apples. There's little or no pruning to be done with them, and they're very reliable and, and quite nice varieties. Okay, but a good time to plant them. Yes. Uh, okay, so fire ahead. Good luck with that, in. and get them in. Uh, a listener would <clears> like <throat> to know. Uh, we, you talked about the speed hoe at the stop start of the program, Park. Yeah. Um, where can you get the speed hoe? They'd like to get. Mm, well, one? it's certainly available in, in our garden centre in, in Turlock, but you can also get it online if you go onto the Garden Centre website, so it's gardencentre.ie, it's available uh, to buy online as well.
So okay. that's gardencentre.ie. Okay. okay, lovely stuff. Yeah, great little tool. I think that, that listener might be in Galway, so uh, that might be the handiest way of accessing it. Now, um, where am I gone here at all? Uh, the gooseberries, are, yeah, as predicted, lots of green fly type questions. Yeah. Green flies on gooseberries? Yeah, you'll we, get them at the moment. Yeah. You know, you're going to be picking the gooseberries in a couple of weeks. So They're, unless it's very, very bad, um, I wouldn't be spraying them too much or else use a very safe spray like um, you get a bug clear fruit and veg, which you can spray today and eat tomorrow. But you will be picking them. So depending on how severe the, the uh, gooseberries are covered in green fly, uh, the fruit is it's not ready yet, but certainly within two weeks it's going to be ready. Um, so you can either wait till you pick the fruit and then spray them mm-hmm. or else you use uh, one of the safe sprays like the... Um, the bug clear fruit and veg it's specifically for fruit and vegetables for edible crops so you spray it today you can pick pick 24 hours later okay Um, now a listener would like to know when can you sow seeds for garden beans and peas is it too late at the moment what types are good Mm. for our west of Ireland soil and is there anything else that you can sow from seed at the moment oh well I think we've probably covered covered a lot of the like you certainly I would be encouraging people to sow a seed in general for Mm. fruit and veg and herbs and so on Uh, if peas and beans well if you're looking for runner beans there's a lovely variety called Firestorm that you could sow from seed at this time of year. Um, it'll produce the, the flowers and the beans late uh, from a sowing now. So <clears throat> by September, October, the beans will start to be produced. But it's quite a nice one. It's got lovely red flowers, very, very attractive variety. Um, Speedy is a dwarf French bean. Okay, it lives it up lives to its up, name. Uh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's probably a really good one to sow. If you like French beans, it's dwarf. It'll only grow about a foot, 18 inches in height. But sowing it from seed now, you'll certainly be picking the beans by late July, August sort of period. So it's, it's quite good. And the more you pick the French beans, the more they produce. Peas, um, the two that I grow would be one called Meteor, which again is a very successful, easy to grow variety, mm-hmm. or Oregon which is another, it's a dwarf variety, which is is quite good as well. So yes, you can still sow them at this time of year for an autumn, early winter crop more than anything else. Lovely. A listener has hydrangeas and hyacinths that have not flowered for three or four years. Oh my God. Any ideas what that might be? There could be a million things this year. It could, it could indeed. The thing with hydrangeas, I suppose, is that, first of all, you have to be careful with the pruning of hydrangeas because they flower on last year's growth. So... The trick with hydrangeas is you only remove the, the stems that that have the old withered flowers on them. And the second thing is that they need uh, high potash feed. So again, rose feeds are very good. And again, the listener could put on rose fertilizer now. The other thing with hydrangeas is the light need plenty of moisture, particularly coming up to flowering. Right. So I would, you know, if it's anywhere dry, uh, put the garden hose on it, you know, leave it on for... 20 minutes, half an hour type of thing to, to really soak the ground around the, the base of the hydrangeas. Not not yet, it's early yet, mm. but certainly in a month's time if the weather was dry, keep them well moist. Okay. I mean, apart from that, there shouldn't be, if the listener was cutting them back severely, well, that's going to result right. in no flowers, of course. Right. Um, if the plant is young, you may not, it may be bulking up for the first year or two until it you know it settles down to flowering. But to in, induce and help all plants, a rose fertiliser applied on hydrangeas at this time of year would be good and repeated about a month later and that's really all you should need to do okay they're, they're generally quite reliable okay so flowering hyacinths are grown from the bulbs um which normally flower in springtime so it depends on and they're not a long-lived bulb anyway they if you they're generally grown more weeks. for inside right. for scent indoors yeah you know you get yeah you get one or two years and then they tend to die Tired. out a bit like tulips okay. tulips are kind of similar the daft the old daft and snowdrops and crocuses last forever. are very reliable yeah. but things like hyacinths and tulips if you get two or three years out of them, they tend to fade out. They exhaust themselves after that. So they're not a gar- a plant that I would put in as a long-term 
nice for a spot of colour. So I keep the hyacinths mainly for indoor growing, to be honest, or for pots and and really dump them out at the end after flowering or stick them in some area of the garden, but do be prepared for them to possibly wither away. To not not be successful. Uh, My grandmother has a deep or had a deep pink, nearly red peony rose. Would you know the the variety or name of it and when would you plant it? Uh, well, well, peony roses can be planted this time of year. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, the deep pink would be one called Carl Rosenfield. It's a, a particularly well-known variety. Uh, double, it's fully double flowers. Um, rich pink, so it's a lovely variety. It's actually in flower at the moment. So a good time to plant them, yeah. Peony roses, excellent time to plant. Okay. Uh, a listener had put in laurels last September, but they seem to be dying, some with brown leaves. Any cure? Anne, good morning. Well, it, yeah, it shouldn't be. I mean, laurels mm. are actually, I think you can testify for this well, one. Well, <laughs> I tell you, Park, I need to go out with it at Clippers. There you go. And actually, you know, all jokes. <laughs> because I just, they have, the, I'd say they must have nearly a foot of growth yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, my advice to you is, is, yeah. is to actually take do exactly what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Just tip them back, take mm. six inches off them, because you'll end up at the end of the year cutting probably a foot off them so why not just take six inches now and you'll encourage them to branch out and and fill in no laurels in general are doing great at the moment i mean the fact that this this particular is having problems with them is unusual um if there's any you know the 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 basic tips for hedges in general particularly young hedges is make sure there's no grass and weeds at the base at the moment clean them off make sure they're nice clean and tidy and feed them so put on a the Pro 6 uh osmo that's what you use that's what i've used yeah yeah yeah. and And, boy has it worked and a handful a handful, a handful long, and you know, believe me now, <laughs> I wasn't gently. I, it just got it very Big quickly handful. one evening. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. It's perfect. It's a, It's actually quite a very good feed for hedging plants. So use that. It's Osmo Pro Sits. It's a purple bag. It's very distinctive. A bag will cover maybe 50 plants. What did you, how many did you, did you feed? I feed, I, I fed, uh, I'd say I fed about 60. Um, yeah, you'll get about yeah, 50 or 60 yeah. out of a bag and a uh, good time to put it on. So that's really, and if there are any plants in general that are looking a little bit sickly or, or yellowish, the Osmo Pro 6 will give them that burst of colour. So a simple handful around the base, which the dew and the rain that we're going to get is will wash it in and you'll get some great growth. Lovely. Like do remember, you know, this good weather, we've only had it for two weeks. We tend to forget that. So the growth has been good for two weeks, but it have been tough up to that. So plants are, there's still a little bit of brown marking and yellowing in, in plants in general. So the feed will, will help to rectify that. Okay, great. Uh, now I just want a tooth here. Um, rhubarb has holes in the leaves and some rotten stems. Well, slugs will feed on rhubarb. Right. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, not not bit of a hole in the rhubarb is nothing to worry about. So, to be honest, I wouldn't bother doing anything with it. Um, if you want, go out at night time and pick the, the snails or slugs off the, the rhubarb, but it won't do a huge amount of damage. Um, so, the, the trick with rhubarb really now is start harvesting it as well. Yeah. Start blanching it and freezing it because it's a great crop of rhubarb at the moment. But in the warm weather that we're getting, rhubarb actually stops growing. Okay. So, you know, once that moisture has gone out of the soil, it'll actually stop. So go out and pick your rhubarb, take the rhubarb. Uh, No, don't skin it all off the plant, but take Take maybe 50% of it off now and freeze it and have it for use in the wintertime because it'll go over very quickly. Good plan. A listener is wondering, can you get a liquid feed for roses that can't bend down, they have a bad back, um, they'd like to be able to put something into a watering can? Yeah, you can. You could use um, liquid one which again is very good for, for all flowering plants. Uh, it's a black liquid, mix it with water and just pour it on the base of the roses. Now you'd want to be using it maybe every two to three weeks. The other thing, a little tip for roses is use the garlic wonder. It's a garlic 
extract. Oh, I think we talked about yes. it, but it's, it, the rose growers love it. And uh, who was telling me, there was somebody telling me at Bloom, they were growing vegetables and they used it uh, and they found it absolutely fantastic. And very no, little or no, it was one of the growers actually that was telling me. Where that it kind of kept the pests away. The plant, what, I, what I, the garlic wonder, what they put it down to was that it actually kept the plant growing through the winter period. So it was better able to fight off any diseases or rots. Uh, and so it's a very good product. So two things to use. Use the liquid one as a feed, but use the garlic wonder and you can actually mix them in the same watering right. can. So you only need to bend once. Right, okay. So you're doing so the two it, at the one time, yeah, really. mix the two in the watering okay. can, but superb for roses. The colour of the flowers and the colour of the foliage and it also wards off the green fly. It's a very safe, natural method of keeping the green fly away. Perfect. And your roses won't smell of garlic. Of garlic, that's the most important. <laughs> yeah. You'll still maintain the lovely yeah, yeah, rose yeah. scent if you yeah, have it. They do very well. Okay. Garlic wonder is the name of the, the, the treatment. Okay, Pork, we're going to have to leave it there. Okay. Uh, thank Enjoy you. the rest of the garden. Indeed. Remember that we're talking about roses, we actually have a rose festival coming up on the 22nd and 23rd of June. So remember that. I'll, I'll talk about more next Maybe week. Maybe next week on the programme, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, it's, but we're going to have the rose growers down. We're going to have a lot of new varieties okay. to show people. So kind of a festival of roses. Great, that'll be a lot of interest because yeah. I know people love roses they and do. sometimes they're a bit of a challenge. So exactly. that might be... Exactly, so we'd have the top guys down to talk to people on how to get the best Excellent. from your roses. Right, everybody, enjoy the sunshine thanks and get out into the garden and we'll talk to you all again next week. Warwick, thanks very much indeed and good morning to you. I'll be back next Saturday all going well just after seven stand by as usual michael neary is up after the news at 10 which is on the way